Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, this is Suzanne Knappenikold from Police Science Doctor with my weekly broadcast a little bit later on this Tuesday than usual, but it is here. So this broadcast is about telling you about the three snippets I've pulled out for you guys this week. So Police Science, Police Science Doctor's mission is to bring research findings in the fields of criminology, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, policing research, police science, to the law enforcement practitioner, to the um, people working on the ground who don't usually have access to any of that research. So I try to bring that to you. And one of the ways in which I do that is by going through lots of mostly recently published journal articles and to see which ones of them are actually practical and something that you can put to use straight away. I then email them out to everyone who's on the police science doctor email list and these emails also contain the links to the original research. If you're not already on the email list, you can join it just by Googling police science and then entering your details into the form that pops up on the police science doctor website. Um, it's completely free to join and obviously you can leave and you can leave any time. You also get access to all the previous police science snippets. So I do this every week. I email them out and then I talk to about, talk about them on social media so people can actually put them into context a little bit. The first snippet for this week is about collaborative writing in prison. A creative writing intervention in prison in which inmates produced a novel for their children was shown to have a number of initial positive effects. The novel is about the concept of bad and that people change for the better. It was found that this helped families feel more connected, led to better relationships between participants, so between the prisoners taking part, and they also felt a sense of achievement and then they had to develop their skills. So, as I said, these were the initial findings. Obviously, what we are most interested in is um, the future trajectory of those prisoners who took part in these projects compared to prisoners, equivalent prisoners who didn't take part. So their future offending, mental health, productivity in society and so on. But I think this is an interesting concept. Um, as you as you saw there, the prisoners also had better relationships with each other. So can this reduce prison violence? Can it teach people about emotional intelligence and perspectives if they're having to collaborate write together with other people on one novel. You have to take other people's views into account. You have to listen to their to what they express. You have to try and express your own feelings. So there, there's a lot of potential positive impact in here. The second snippet for this week is about stressful events and time of reporting. So this is about police officers. Following being involved in a stressful event, officers are able to produce the most accurate reports based on their recollections if they are doing so immediately after the event rather than following a delay. So this could be relevant if there is an option of, let's say, an officer has to apprehend and arrest a suspect. Um, maybe there was a scuffle, it was... I don't know, maybe there was resistance, it became a stressful event rather than a smooth one. Based on this finding, would it perhaps make sense if another officer took that um, person to the, to, the, 
to the prison or to the police station to get booked in, to get um, processed, to um, be set up and all of that, so that the officer who actually did the arrest, who was involved in that stressful event, can sit down and write the report there and then. So this is about the continuity. So usually what happens is somebody is involved in, involved in something and they do what they've got to do. If, if it was an arrest, they go and take the person to be processed, to be booked in. They can sometimes take that, take hours. And then if they can, they sit down and, and write their statement about what happened. What this research is saying is that actually you get more accurate recollections if the officer gets to do that straight away after the event. So would it be better for someone else to take over, take the prisoner away? I mean, this is just a prison example. There's other stressful events, of course. Just something to think about. Have you got the resources for that? Can you somehow make that happen? So the last snippet for this week is about sexual violence perpetrators. A study compared those who offended against partners to those who offended against non-partners. The former group, those who offended against their own partners, were more likely to report that the offence occurred because they were feeling sad or angry. So this is about sex offences. They were also more likely to say that the other person was completely responsible for what happened and making the other person feel guilty was the most common tactic for both groups. Fear of getting caught was universally absent. Findings support the importance of building emotional regulation and emotional awareness skills in sexual violence prevention programming. Prevention programs should also discuss coercion as a violence tactic, since perpetrators may not always recognize this to be sexual violence. Um, I found this quite striking that um, especially those who attack their partner sexually were more likely to say that the other person was completely responsible for what that ha for what happened, and both groups, those who offend against partners and those who offend against non-partners, um, make the other person feel guilty about it. That's quite interesting and telling. So I hope there was something in here of interest to you. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to cover a lot of different topics, so not everything will be relevant to your particular role every week, but there are over a hundred of these snippets times three. Every, every time a snippet is published, there's actually three snippets in there. So hopefully if you go through the library, once you join the email list, you get access to the previous pages, uh, to all the previous snippets. You can download them as PDFs, build yourself a library if you want. And hopefully there'll be something in there for you. So thank you very much for um, sticking with me and I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.